0: Good evening, 12s, and welcome to the Seahawks 360 podcast, a sports ethos production where we look at the Seahawks from every angle every week. I'm your host, Candace Hagens, and as always, it is a pleasure and a privilege to talk Hawks with you. All right, guys, so I am joined by uh, Tino Granasius. He is the Sports Ethos Mariners um, host, and we are super excited to have him on to talk some Hawks. Obviously, he is a fan of the Hawks, follows the Hawks, and so we're going to get his opinions on the season, this upcoming game against the Rams.
1: So, Tino, how are you? I'm well. I'm excited. I'm excited both for uh, to be on your podcast and for this upcoming Seahawks season.
0: Great, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so um, let's get started. Football is finally here. Officially, I know your world has been baseball. It's been going on Mm -hmm. for a minute, but Mm -hmm. I've been a little lonely out here on the football, (laughs) football side. So I'm happy my sport is up. Um, so man, I guess I'll just get your overall just thoughts on what you're excited the most about when it comes to this season. We'll start there and then I'll get into some of my season predictions.
1: who let's see. So offensively, um, you know, we know we've got a good passing game. We know Pete Girl wants to focus on the run. I'm not worried about the offense. For me, what I'm excited about, what I want to see both in this first game and in the season is, are we going to have a Seahawks defense of old, right? Are we going to have a defense that shuts down the run? Are we going to have a defense that um, can we survive without Jamal Adams and Devon Weatherspoon, you know, in these first couple of weeks? And what do we have left in Bobby Wagner, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got a new, new defensive line. I'm watching that. Bobby Wagner is back. Right. And you've got right. this secondary that has tremendous talent, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I want to see it gel. So for me, what I'm excited about, I know the offense is going to be straight. Right. I know, you know, we've got two good running backs. We've got a great passing game. I want to I do want to see, you know, I'm 90 percent sure Gino's is going to be what he was last year. Mm-hmm. But you still got that little doubt of like you remember right. when he was on the Jets. You remember some of his mistakes. So I'm just excited in general. To me, this is a playoff team. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a team being slept on nationally a bit. Everybody wants to jump on the um, 49er bandwagon. And I try to take my bias out of it and look at it objectively. But I see a great team. And I trust Pete Carroll and John Schneider. How about you? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with everything that you said. Because, you know, I think the offense will be the most fun part Mm -hmm. of the season. But I agree with you in the sense that the Seahawks will go as far as the defense will take them. I think that's really what it comes down to. Like the ceiling of this team depends on how improved that defense really is. And I don't think they're going to, they're not going to be the defensive of old. That was a historically good defense. Like we're not, yeah. not going to see that again, but can, can they be good to average average to good? Can they be somewhere in there? And yeah. I think that's the difference between honestly, because the offense, I think it's has a potential to be so dynamic could take them far deep into the playoffs i'm not gonna quite go super bowl but Mm -hmm. they they can make a really deep run and make
1: some noise for sure absolutely and i and i think too the you know the quarterback play with the niners is a question right and how often do you see a a team go that deep without a good quarterback and so i think i don't i wouldn't call them vulnerable but i definitely think that the seahawks are going to make a deep playoff run i agree
0: I would call the 49ers vulnerable. I, I think I think that what everybody overlooks is a really key issue. And nobody talks about the lack of offensive line mm-hmm. that they the talent that they've lost there and that they're really depending on one guy in Trent Williams to keep it together who is 36. Is he 36? Something like that. Oh he, he's old. Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. he's up there. And I also think that one thing that I've noticed just watching them in recent years in terms of this era of the 49ers, they have one year where they're completely riddled with injuries. The next year they make a deep playoff run next Mm -hmm. year, injuries playoff run, right? Well, they Mm -hmm. made a playoff run last year. So I'm just wondering how lucky they get with injuries this upcoming year, especially given that Christian McCaffrey is on their team. We all know. He's always right. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I I think that's something that people aren't taking into account and I get it on paper, their roster is better, but I just think that there are a lot of areas for things to not go the way they look on paper with the 49ers. Right. So I agree with you.
1: I think the okay. more I think about it too, the the Seahawks front seven, I think, is going to determine, yeah. really going to determine how far they go, right? Because we've got yeah. three new defensive linemen. We've got, you know, the edge on the edge. We don't have, you know... The pass rush, I think. What I have it in my notes. I think they were ninth in sacks last year per game, something like that. Yeah. But you still, you don't see that fierce pass rush quite yet. You need to know that Mafe and then Wosu can establish the edge, and you know, in the running game, that sort of thing. To me, that's where that's what's going to determine how far this team can go. Because if they can stop that Niners running attack, yeah, and force Brock Purdy to pass and force third and long, I think Seahawks have a great chance against against the Niners. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, so
0: I'm going to start off. I'm gonna start off bold today. Okay. I've got okay. some bold takes yeah. for the season, and I'm gonna see what you think about them. So I, I sort of put these together, mm-hmm. and you'll rank, tell me if you agree, disagree, can you get on board, can I get on board? All right. Mm-hmm. So number one, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. You know, mild, and we're and work my way up. All <laughs> right. Um, number one, I think for sure that Kenneth Walker can be a top five running back. That's my prediction. He's a top five running back this mm-hmm. upcoming season. What do you think?
1: I think he has the talent. I'd I'd like to see a little bit more in the passing game Mm -hmm. out of him than uh, we saw last year. I don't know that he had all the opportunities, Mm -hmm. but he did have some drops. Um, Talent wise, I'm a Michigan grad, so I'm used to seeing him at Michigan State running wild against us. So, So does he have the talent? Absolutely. But a lot of it will depend for me on the interior line. Mm-hmm. Right. Do we get good center play. Yeah. We get good push. I'm not worried about the tackles. Is Damian Lewis going to get back to where he was a couple years ago? That's that to me determines it. And then Walker's health as well. But yeah, 100 percent. I think he he's one of those that you got to get him 20 carries. Right. You got to get mm-hmm. him going. I know people are talking about him splitting carries with Charbonnet. But the reality is, I think he gets better over time. Like fine wine. Right. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Yes. I think it's bold. Can it happen? I have him on my home fantasy team. I sure as heck hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. I hear that for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned that,
0: yeah, the, those would be my concerns, particularly the offensive line. I thought about that and I'm like, that would be the one thing to hold it back because I am worried about that line being able to run block. Um, mm-hmm. They really didn't show the ability to do that very well in the preseason. That was against second stringers. So a little worried about that, but I, I guess I'm just kind of hoping that, you know, continuity some with time, they'll kind of, Get better with that, and they, and they will as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how intentional the Seahawks will be about getting their guys their their running backs, like catching yard, like passing yards. Mm-hmm. In the past, has never really been a point of emphasis, and now Shane Waldron has the guys. I mean, really, everybody in that running back room can they can they can catch they're very much very much more so versatile than last year's running back group was um that last year's group was a little bit more niche I think every person had their own talent anyway do they take advantage of that is a really good question because I do think that I think Kenneth Walker could have been better in that department but you're right he just didn't get a ton of opportunities now one thing I was surprised to see on the depth chart I don't know if you've come across this but they have DJ Dallas as a second string running back and not awesome. Zach Charbonnet. So, well, the whole him splitting reps with Charbonnet thing is, I guess, temporarily, at least out of the window. Um,
1: I was surprised to see that. Were you? I was. I think my assumption is that DJ Dallas plays on some passing downs. Right. Yeah. And and that Charbonnet, they didn't put him behind Walker. But if Walker got hurt or if they wanted to say their quarter, they want to come out, they want to save Walker for the fourth quarter, that Charbonnet is that guy getting the bulk of the carries and not Dallas. To me, it was more of a, of a, just a statement. And it wasn't really, he's not going to be the guy. If, if Kenneth Walker goes down, you know, Zach Charbonnet going to be the guy. Yeah, my, I, I my hope that's the at least. I hope so. because
0: <laughs> I'm a little worried. I mean, I see nothing from DJ Dallas. I mean, he's fine, but I see nothing from DJ Dallas. That's anything other than like fine to sometimes not
1: so fine. Um, so he he does some of the little things, you know, that you want from that third down back. He can pick up, pick up a blitz. He can catch a pass and take it a little bit, but there's nothing dynamic there and he's definitely not a a three down back.
0: Now, no, I I definitely rather see Zach Charbonnet out there. And I'm kind of hoping that eventually they'll give Charbonnet some run and he'll be able to, to earn that second street, second string, Mm -hmm. um, title. So, okay. Mm -hmm. That's take one, take two. This is bold. Seahawks have (laughs) a top 15 run defense.
1: Ooh, (laughs) I'm going to say, okay, a couple things. One is we, I think you pointed this out. We've seen on uh, somewhere else. We've seen run defenses being built without that big plugger in the middle much Mm -hmm. more now than we have in the past. Right. And so my initial couple years ago, I would have said Jaron Reed in the middle, top 15 (laughs) run defense. No way. Right. To me, he's like a, He's trying to get in the gap as a uh three, four defensive end, more so than a, you know, a nose tackle. But we you've pointed that out. That's I learned it from you actually online, that idea of the smaller defensive line, right? And so I'm not as worried about that. I think the biggest impact, honestly, on their run defense will be Bobby Wagner back. Yes. Right. And yep. not that I, he's not as dynamic as he once was, but he's going to get everyone in the right place. You're not mm-hmm. going to have missed assignments. Yep. Right. He's going to continue to teach Jordan Brooks what he knows. I think Brooks sometimes would miss assignments or not mm-hmm. quite be able to diagnose everything. You've got a Hall of Famer next to you now. He's Absolutely. not going to let you be in the wrong gap. Right. So yep. that in and of itself, I think, elevates the run defense, is having him there. I am, you know, I like the Draymond Jones pickup i know mm-hmm. they paid him a lot of money i don't love him as a run defender yeah um and and as i said i think establishing the edge with mafe and uh whoever's playing edge right is going to be incredibly important but i don't think that's as bold as the kenneth walker one i'm waiting for the real <laughs> bold one i'm waiting for the one that's going to make me go woo you know <laughs>
0: okay i'm working my way up we'll see we'll see all right all right All right. so that's fair um i will say this i i think with the defensive line what had will have the biggest impact in my opinion on two things mm-hmm. one having a personnel to fit the three four because they had a bunch of four three dudes that they just brought in and try to make three four dudes and it just doesn't work that way now i understand they had the dead money cap hit from the Russ, you know contract whatever limited their ability and so i'm hoping that that in and of itself makes a big difference and mm-hmm. two they've made some schematic changes i don't know if you follow maddie f brown but they made some schematic changes that i think make more sense um i'm not i'm not nearly as into the X's and O's as Maddie Brown is, <laughs> but I understand the concepts with which he's talking about in terms of linebackers having simpler keys and, and how they're justifying, um, how they're accounting for safeties to play a part in the run game. It's making more sense. I'm counting on those things alone to make a better difference off the bat. And then hopefully they have the personnel. I'm not convinced this is the right personnel because Jaren, it knows it's, it's interesting concept, but I don't know if he's the right guy for that. I don't okay. we'll see. But I, I but I think scheme alone and if the if the top three can stay healthy, mm-hmm. I think they can pull that off, especially like you said with Bobby Beck. That's gonna be huge. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Next, let's see. Um Seahawks win the NFC West.
1: I'm in. You're in? I'm in. I right. mean, I think we talked about it earlier. I think that the the obviously the the Cardinals are, you know. It really comes down to to the Seahawks and the Niners, right? Correct. And Niners have a ferocious defense. We know that. Bosa got the big contract just recently. We know that. They got the best middle linebacker in football. It's a scary team, right? Mm -hmm. But what happens if Brock Purdy isn't good, right? Are you going to lean on Sam Darnold? you Are going to tell me a Sam Darnold-led Niners team is going to beat the Seahawks? Not if the Seahawks are good. And if something happens to McCaffrey, I think Elijah Mitchell is good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he is probably an average to slightly above average running back. I use a right. one to five scale when I'm looking at teams, five being elite and one being, you know, poor. Right. And we had three is average. You know, Mitchell to me is between a three and a four. I think he is he's underrated, but it's you pointed out the line is there's some questions on their offensive line. Mm-hmm. And if if Brock Purdy is below average, which you know he there is that potential. No, I don't I don't think that's bold at all. To me, I guess this is my Seahawks fandom coming out. But <laughs> I think, you know, if I had to, to give it a percentage, I'd say 60-40 Niners at this point in time, right? Okay. 60% Niners, 40% Seahawks if I had to yeah. put money on it. Yeah. But the Seahawks have room to grow. We yeah, don't know what exactly. JSN is. JSN could be super dynamic and all of a sudden, we're chucking the ball all over the yard, right? Yep. I love, I, I just, I think that the offense has more upside than they've shown. Yep. and the defense it, again it comes down to that front seven but mm-hmm. no I, i'm telling him wait for the bold one, the bold one? <laughs> all right maybe i won't get that bold then okay <laughs> all right so also
0: have two double digit sack guys there's that's bold all right bold. okay and i think Boye Mafe can do it it's okay. not daryl taylor uh, daryl taylor sacks were he had 9.5 but to me they were they were some fraudulent sacks I'm just gonna (laughs) gonna be honest I mean half of them came against the Jets team and like it. it, he went super long periods of time without having a single pressure and then like you know when he the one time he would get pressure he would just happen to get a sack I don't I don't really know how reliable that is in terms of translation plus I think his snaps are going to get eaten into so anyway my money's on Boye uh to take the leap this year and it's bold because I I do think pass rush was his you know it's obvious pass rush was what he needed to work on mm-hmm. but what i think will really help is it's underrated um uh bt thornton i think that's what they call him uh, he's a new uh pass rush specialist i just hired him um brandon i've forgotten his name now but anyway mm-hmm. he's worked with the best of the best in terms of the pass rush games and they've mm-hmm. already changed some of the pass rush drills they've already changed some of the way that they approach um Developing the players in the pass rush. And I mm-hmm. think they may begin to see some of the dividends. I don't know that Mafe will start hot. I don't expect him to necessarily. I think the preseason he won't look nearly as as dominant as he did in the right. preseason because I was right, against, right. you know, second stringers, but I think he will be good and I think he can build as the season goes on. Um, so
1: yeah. I I'm excited about uh about Derek Hall too. I think, yeah. I think that you know we've got four legitimate edge rushers at this point. Yep. Now your point is is really well taken. There's the Seahawks have four edge rushers who have the skill or I guess the talent and the clay to mm-hmm. mold into double digit, you know, sack guys. Yep. All four of those guys I could see getting there at some point. But clearly the whether it was scheme or coaching or some combination of both, it wasn't quite there for the last couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. And so if they have indeed the shifted that a bit, right? And teach it a bit, it's, yeah, I think the talent is there. They spent mm-hmm. a bunch of second round picks on, I guess on three of those four guys were second round yeah. picks. Yep. And so they've invested the capital to get the athlete in here and they're trying to do the right thing by them. The other thing I think is if, so one, playing the Cardinals and playing the Rams is going to help for four games is going to yeah. help the totals, right? Right. Because you've got bad core. Average to bad quarterback play, and especially with the Rams, really bad line play, oh, right? Yes. The other thing is if they can actually stop the run this year and get teams into third and long, those sack, those sack totals are going to go up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's bold because we haven't – you know, we've seen it from – almost from Taylor, and we've seen it from Nwosu, but uh, I like that one. I like that one, and I think that's going to be a a big uh, – tell as to whether the Seahawks are going to be good on defense or not.
0: Agreed. Agreed for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the biggest thing that kept holding the Seahawks back with the edge rush is They just kept they kept the band-aid approach. It was really getting these older veteran mm-hmm. guys who really already hit their ceiling. Now they're doing the opposite. Now they're putting their investments into younger guys who can grow and have upside, even with Chenna because he was a younger guy when they signed him. And right. so you and you saw the benefits of that already, I think you'll see the same um with these with the guys who were rookies last year and kind of see them improve okay all right finally see y'all. To make it to the NFC championship
1: ah let's see yes, that's bold um would I love to see it absolutely uh NFC is not is not the AFC for sure no. right you go it down that NFC list and it's you could see you can see. That happening. I don't think that's uh, completely out of the realm of possibilities. Do I think it will? Um, probably not, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, probably a 5 to 10% chance, but you've got a veteran quarterback. You've got two great tackles. You've got tons of offensive firepower. You've got what I think is the top five cornerback in the league in mm-hmm. Rick Woolen. Yep. You've got great safety play from Diggs, right? You've got a Hall of Famer at middle linebacker. The the ingredients are there. Again, I, I keep saying the same thing over and over again. It goes back to that front seven. It goes back to, exactly. do, the edge, do the edge guys play up to their potential? And, right. you know, does Mario Edwards hold up at defensive end, right? Yep. He's he's older, he's bounced around. Is he going to get run over or does he hold up? You know, does, right. does who else do I got on this list? Um, does Morris come come in, my boy from Michigan, does he come in and play and be able to Hold his own. Is he heavy enough to to hold his own? That to me is the key. You go to the you go to the NFC Championship if, okay, let me rewind a little bit. If you can protect Gino, mm-hmm. if JSN can convert on third down, right? Yep. If you avoid major injuries, yeah, and the first seven can play. Then yes, I think that one hundred percent can happen. You're going to need some help. Yep. You're going to need the Niners to suffer an injury or Purdy to be below average. You're gonna need some help, but yes, do I think it can happen? Absolutely. Do yep. you? I, I know do. It's prediction. No, it's my bold take.
0: I do. I think. I think. Given the landscape of the NFC, now I think a couple of those bold takes that I made already would have to happen, such as Kenneth would have to be, you know, at least close to top five. I think mm-hmm. um, you'd have to have two double dax uh Two two double digit sack guys I think that will help a lot if that Mm -hmm. actually happened in terms of getting to the NFC championship um, because they were seventh in sacks last year and that was with the not the best rotation for most of the year they really didn't even have the guys Um, so if that if that happens if the things and like you said health is obviously going to be very important for that take Mm -hmm. but I I think it's very possible I really do um, in a couple of ways one because it's possible that the Seahawks get the one that get the NFC, they win the West, the West. If they win the West, that helps uh, a big deal. (laughs) It goes far in terms of them being able to make it to the NFC championship. And it is far-fetched. It's bold, I know. But uh, that's that's sort of the point.
1: If I just pulled up the NFC, if you look at a team-by-team, right, in the East, you look at the Cowboys. Cowboys lose Zeke. I know Zeke hasn't been great, but Tony Pollard hasn't proven he can take the ball 300 times, right? You got an offensive line that's aging a little bit and has lost people yep. um, to free agency, and they lost Kellen Moore, their offensive yep. coordinator, yep. right? He's super close to Dak Prescott. And I don't know if I trust, trust Dak. They probably have the best defense in the game, but there's question marks there. You're going to tell yep. me James Jones is taking the team to uh, the NFC Championship? Not on my watch, right? <laughs> is not doing that. The Eagles are the Eagles. We know that. Yeah, the Eagles. They still have to repeat, and. So there's questions with them. I put them in the same bucket as the Niners, right? There's still questions. Yes, they're the favorites. That doesn't mean they're going to do it. The Lions, I like the Lions. They're fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know if the Lions are are quite there yet. Right. The Vikings, same question with Kirk Cousins for me as Daniel Jones, right? Um, there are question marks there. And then we talked about the Niners already, and they, we all know the NFC South isn't going anywhere. Right. So. Yes. The door is open. I think the Seahawks, if I had to, if I had to set it are in that group with the Cowboys and the Giants just below the Eagles and Niners. Yeah. But yeah. Do they have a country's chance? Absolutely. Absolutely. they do.
0: Would agree. Okay. All right. So in terms of season, I'm going to give my sort of season awards and then we'll move on. And we'll talk a little bit more about the actual, the ramp game, the ramp game that's coming up on Sunday. All right. So my MVP for the year, of course, Geno Smith, obviously, I do think he'll be able to do something close to, if not better, than he did last year. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if he had a couple more interceptions. So I wouldn't have an MVP of the league by any means. <laughs> I do You're think right. that he might have a couple extra extra interceptions there. But I know that if this team's gonna go far, it's gonna be because of Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, offensive player of the year, I have DK Metcalf because I think that the presence of JSN will change how defenses have mm-hmm. to guard DK. He's going to get a lot more mm-hmm. single coverage, and DK can eat that alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it probably will start slow because teams will first try to, you know, force – they'll try to – they'll give it to JSN, but when you keep getting a bunch of third-down conversions, you got to change something. So oh. um, so that's, how, that's my pick for them, for there. Um, I've got defensive player of the year, Uchenna Nwosu. Oh, okay. that's not talked about enough. This guy mm-hmm. hasn't talked about enough. I don't, I think the only reason he, he even slowed down in the second half of the season was going because he was taking way too many snaps yeah. for an edge player. He, I mean, they just didn't have the depth, and two team just began to double team him and no one else could take advantage of being single, single blocked. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: that just, you know, you saw periods of time where the Seahawks just weren't able to get pressure down the stretch because they double teamed DeMosu and no one else. It was a threat. And so you can just get with the talent, the, the rotation that they've got on the on the edge. This group, I mm-hmm. trust that someone will be able to take advantage of the single blocks that they do double team to make the teams have to think twice about just singling in on him and having to, you know, put attention more across the board. So mm-hmm. um, that's my pick for that. And I'll get. Do you want to give reactions to each one or do you want yeah. me to go through my list?
1: No, I can give a reaction. I think uh, so my MVP is gonna be a little uh unconventional, but I think it's it's Charles Cross.
0: That's I like it. I, I think like
1: it because nothing I'll nothing live. in that offense happens. I think part of why the offense was so good last year mm-hmm. was we immediately had elite left tackle play, right? You just penalty set it, you like set it and forget it basically. You know, him and Lucas were were a, a shock to me. I know we picked him ninth overall, but but to see him be able to come in and play as he did was phenomenal. And nothing happens without it, right? Geno gets pressure and doesn't yeah. get to sit there and be accurate and pick defenses apart, obviously, if there's pass rush. They yeah. ran behind him a bunch. Yeah. And to me, it's it nothing happens without that tackle play. We've seen what it's like to be a Seahawks fan with bad tackle play, right? Yeah. So nothing happens without him. Yes, is DK going to have a big year? I think he is. Is Gino going to have a big year? I think he is, but nothing happens with it without uh cross. I like it. And like defensively, it. I'm really excited to see what Reek Woolen can do because he came in as this raw, you know, lower round, I think fifth round draft pick, who obviously ran the sub four three forty yeah. and six four, but he would have gone much higher if anybody knew he had any skill at all. Yeah. Right. He just had the athleticism. And I know Pete Carroll is obviously, he's like the the cornerback whisperer basically, but give him another year in this system, give him another year of teaching to mold those skills. And I think he can be even better than he was, right? I think he could legitimately come out of this season as the best corner in football. I expect him to have a bigger impact on the defense, being able to shut down that side of the field meaning they can focus on the other side of the field and double teaming on the other side and whatnot. To me, he's ultimately the MVP of that defense because he really does in the way that I'm not comparing him to Dion, but when you watch Dion play back in the day, it was, you could, the ball didn't even get thrown that way. Right. You yeah. just watch the other side of the field. And I think Woolen because he's so big and rangy and fast has that potential. Um, I want to see him make that next step. So that to me would be my defensive guy.
0: The only reason why I didn't put Greek was for mm-hmm. that reason. You said, I don't think teams are going to throw his way that much.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: he will impact the field just by taking away half of the field. Mm-hmm. But in terms of production, in terms of, you know, who gets the stats, I don't think he'll be able to get six interceptions, not because right. he can't, but just because teams won't throw his way. Now. Him like Dion, they do like to bait the quarterback. So it's possible mm-hmm. that it's not as dramatic as you know, I'm thinking that he just baits enough quarterbacks into throwing their way and just picks that him off that way. That's possible right. um because he's he's pretty gifted at that. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know if teams will say, no, nah, he just bait me and turn it down or if they'll be silly enough to to, to throw his out. way. Yeah. Right. We will see um, but i like I like your take for sure, especially the Charles Cowell. Now that, that was mm-hmm. that's a unique take for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got my breakout player of the year is Jackson Smith at Jigba.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sure you, that's it's kind of hard to disagree with that. On defense, I've got my breakout player of the year being Trey Brown. Mm, okay. Because yeah, I think it's... if that other corner spot can be just as much of a threat, not, not maybe the same threat, but just as much of a threat, then it will force teams to have to throw a weak will and more because mm-hmm. it won't just be, you know, last year it sort of turned into – just throw at Mike Jackson, like, or just throw at Kobe Bryant and you'll be able to get the the first down. Right. And so that became a little bit of a problem. And if we can offset that, it makes the secondary tremendously more dangerous. So I, I think he's got Ooh. the opportunity to. And with him being healthy, I like what I've seen from him in, in preseason. Mm-hmm. And I think he's got the most upside. So I'm excited that right now he's listed as a starter. I hope they'll give him a shot because I think he can do very well.
1: Who do you think plays the slot when Witherspoon starts? Do you think it's Witherspoon or Trey Brown in the slot once Witherspoon's Witherspoon ready to go? Yeah, it's Witherspoon. Yeah, they mm-hmm. like
0: his quickness in the slot. And he plays the slot in college more, Trey Brown.
1: They've mm-hmm. been
0: playing him on the outside all this time. So I think more than likely with Witherspoon, you'll see him playing nickel. And then you'll see him move to the outside, you know, on base plays. Mm-hmm. That's my hope that they can get that that versatility from him then you're getting value the two for one. I don't know if because he's so behind in training camp, will they be able to do that? I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but that's what I love to see.
1: Trey Brown's talented. And I think when he's been healthy, I expect I fully expected him to start a few years ago. Yeah. Because he looks so good, but he just yep. hasn't stayed healthy, but I, I love it. I think that's a great take. Um, he's an immensely talented player. I think, you know, he was obviously from Oklahoma and from mm-hmm. a good program. Yep. Uh, He's an exciting one. I'm, I'm 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 I had him earmarked as someone I was really excited to watch this year as well. That's awesome. I love it.
0: Awesome. OK, and my final award and then we get into the Rams comeback player of the year Jamal Adams. Um, mm. I think he can do it now. I, I'm a little nervous because that that injury is tough to come back from man. But I, I really do think that. um, Yeah, he's the he's got the stage set for him. You know, what I mean, if there's going to be somebody who's going to make a comeback and make a huge difference on this team. It's him with his skill set, especially given that they finally adapted the scheme to the player that they put all this investment into. I don't know why it took two years to decide, oh, yeah, let's utilize him, you know, in the great ways that he was used before, whatever. Um, But I definitely think that he's got the best shot. It's, man,
1: he's such a difficult one because you see, you know, you see the, 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 sack totals out of out of the safety play. And you see when he's at the line, when he's playing at the line of scrimmage, he's one of the most dynamic defensive players in the NFL. Yeah, But when he's stuck in coverage or if he's playing deep safety, he he looks like a fish out of water, right? And they continued, they insisted on putting him, playing him deep over and over again. And I, I was pulling my hair out as a fan. Like, what are we doing with Jamal? But you put him up at the line, you let, especially if Witherspoon is, can cover and is for real then all of a sudden now you can, you know, you can sacrifice that safety and you can put that safety up there and play some of those eight man fronts. And that's where he's great. I also love when you brought up Witherspoon, what I had in my head schematically was you got Witherspoon in the slot, you got Jamal close to the line. And if you're a uh, the opposing team, you know, Witherspoon was a great blitzer, right? We all seen mm-hmm. that at Illinois where he, he took that, uh, yeah. he took the opposing player out behind the line, right? That's the play everybody saw. And you put those guys on opposite sides, and you don't know which one is coming and both of them are incredible blitzers so i think there's yeah and that kind of threat that kind of um you know getting him in that position to succeed would be amazing i think i think jamal still has the talent there's a reason why they've kept him it's not just the investment they're not afraid to cut bait if they don't if they don't think that the player can play anymore they're not afraid to let him go and there's a reason why they're keeping him, and they restructured so, his restructured his contract and all the other things that they did with him. So
0: I might have to disagree with you on that. They let L. J. Collier stay all four years. No, I, I can't. I can't agree with you. I can't agree with you. I'm sorry. I would. I. I've seen Trey Trey Flowers on my field too long. No, I can't.
1: I still believe in Trey Flowers. Believe it or not. Oh I, no,
0: I still believe in him for you, for you. Now I will say this underrated about Jamal. I think. The coverage thing is a little bit overblown. No, he's not good with his back turn to the quarterback. He's not that guy. But if you put the guy to cover your intermediate routes, if you put him to cover your tight ends, he's actually really good at that. He can do that too. He's just not going to get your fast wide receiver types. But you I mean that's kind of what you got your free safety for anyway. Um, your strong safety shouldn't that it shouldn't necessarily be his strengths per se. So it again it was like you said, putting him in the position because he, yeah, he can cover, but he can't cover. 50 yards downfield,
1: you know, Um, matching up with like a George, you know, we all remember him getting against George Kittle, like matching up against that fast tight end might not be the greatest matchup either, but it's, we're not paying him to cover. You're paying him to, you know, to be at the line of scrimmage, to shut down the run, to be the eighth guy in the box, to blitz and to cover sometimes, especially against tight ends who are slower. But I think they're learning. I think, I think the, the, the changes that I've seen with the defense. I think Pete Carroll's willing to learn. He's willing to listen. He's willing mm-hmm. to admit to his mistakes. Yep. And to me, that's a great thing.
0: I agree. I agree. Okay. So let's switch gears and actually talk about games because we can finally. Uh-huh. We got a game coming up, home opener on Sunday. Are you going to go, by the way? Because you're. No, I'm, you I'm go. not. I'm no, not going to go. Okay. All right.
1: I'd well, love to. I got big plans, though. I definitely got big plans to cook a bunch of. Uh, a bunch of fun food and watch with friends and I Sundays are Sundays are uh, sacred to me for sure. For for all the reasons, but specifically football.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. All right. So. So
1: what do you expect from this game? You want me to go ahead and take this here? Um, offensively, what are you expecting to see from, uh, from the Seahawks from the outset? Are you expecting to see any changes, uh, with their approach? Are you expecting to see them, um, you know pass a little bit more obviously when Seahawks are known as a running team what do you think we'll see against the Rams
0: I think we'll see fireworks um uh, mm-hmm. because because who's defending them I literally don't know other than no, Donald. I, I literally don't know so <laughs> I, Rams gonna have to prove it to me because right. I don't know any of their dudes I just don't um and so they should be able to move the chains. They should be able to mm-hmm. take advantage of JSN. Super glad that he's expected to play week mm-hmm. one. Cause I think, I think they would have been fine without him, but mm-hmm. I think even more so that they'll thrive because of his presence there. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be the first opportunity we really get to see, like I said, maybe they do end up doing some, some single coverage on DK because JSN is just killing them <laughs> with those right. like 15 yard chunk. But I'm not sure JSN is going to be a home run hitter to get you a touchdown or anything. I just think he's going to be the guy to get 10 yards at a time, 15 mm-hmm. yards at a time. And that's really all you need to keep a, to keep a drive going and to keep putting points on the board. So I hope we'll see some good run. This is a great opportunity. To mm-hmm. get the run game going, if they can't get the run game going against the Rams, my red <laughs> flags will go up and I will begin to panic. Right. Um, so we need to see that established, and um I I expect we'll see more screens or same amount of screens. I I hope that's with slightly more success. They had a couple of successful screens in the preseason. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. thrilled to see that <laughs> for, um, once, right? for once because I'm generally terrified anytime a screen is run, but with JSN, I think they had a successful screen with him. I didn't mm-hmm. even think Jake
1: Bobo had, mm-hmm. had a screen or something. I'm so, excited for him too. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know if
0: he'll play. We'll see if he'll play. But we, well, do we, do we I, I play expect four
1: wide receiver sets. Maybe they'll, he'll see a little bit of time. Yeah, I think, you know, I think they come out and it's still Pete Carroll, right? And so I think they come out and try to, Establish the run. That's just the that's the DNA of the team is start running the ball, establish the run, establish a rhythm against a what is a horrible front seven. I was looking at their front seven and, you know, you've got Aaron Donald, obviously, right? First round pick. But then you've got uh, Jonah Williams is an undrafted free agent. Bobby Brown was a fourth round pick. Their, their linebackers have two undrafted free agents and two third round picks. And they're not very experienced. And so in a perfect world, I guess this is the old school in me, but in a perfect world, they'd come out and they would just lean on them. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run at, run it at you. We're more talented than you. And then you run play action and you pick, is it Tyler Lockett running a, you know, running a, a deep post, is it DK running a go ball or is it JSN, you know, being that technician in the middle of the field, but you run play action. If you can run the ball, all of a sudden, this game, right? This game over. So I think the Seahawks are so much more talented if you take their offense versus the Rams defense. I just expect them to lean on them, right? To me, that's their DNA. Yeah. Uh and well, the other thing is if you don't need to show all your cards in game one, right? If you want to keep some of those passing plays for for later on in the year and you don't have to, you can just run the ball up the middle um and still win. You do that. You keep those plays in your pocket. That's I know that's a conservative approach, but again, I think Pete Carroll reverts back to being that dude. And um, I would expect to see some of that. I don't know. I Do you think Gino gets above say 30 pass attempts in this game?
0: I think so. Okay. So it depends. I'll challenge mm-hmm. you. I'll challenge you on the Pete Carroll run the ball thing. Mm-hmm. It's yet to be seen if that was specific to Russ Mm-hmm. Or not, because last year they were one of the top teams in terms of passing on first downs, yep. in terms yep. of the frequency passed. Um, yep. they were a passing team last yep. year. And granted, the PK always talks about being balanced. Actually, people always emphasize this thing with the run, but that was because of the Russ thing and everybody wanted to wanted to lean on Russ more, right? Yep. Okay. But in reality, Pete's always talked about the balance aspect and mm-hmm. he likes when they both run the ball and they pass the ball because he likes those deep shots down the field just as much. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not sure that they lean, maybe they do. And it'll be interesting to see. I mean, cause this is the mm-hmm. second year. This will for sure solidify if last year was a one-off or if Pete Carroll really was just doing that to play to the strength of, of his quarterback. Right. And now the, the really the strength of the team is the passing game. It's not the running game. I mean, I want them to to run the ball because mm-hmm. if nothing else they need the reps the continuity against a lower level offensive line. So I do want them to run the ball. Do Mm -hmm. I want them to run the ball to the point of exhaustion? Not really. I also want JSN to get some touches. This is really an opportunity for everybody to get touches against, quite frankly, a lower level talented team. And so everybody should eat, in my opinion. What
1: what is the – let me ask you this. What's the narrative – of the Seahawks offense not playing well what what would have to happen for the offense to not play as we expect in this game what would have to happen Mm -hmm. I think the they would struggle with the run game Mm -hmm. I
0: think they wouldn't be able to open lanes Um, I think that's the only thing that can really go wrong because the strength of the offensive line is pass protection and so do they struggle with pass protection maybe but it will require some aggression on the part of our rookies. It will require some regression on the part of Damian Lewis, who's actually now a better pass protector than a run blocker. Um, a shock, which is a shock, given how he came out of the that draft. Mean, that's weird. Mm-hmm. But anywho, that's that's what would have to happen in order for the passing game to sort of dwindle. And that's why I say lean on your strength, but try mm-hmm. to improve your weakness. Right.
1: And then on defense, um, the Rams, especially with no Cooper Cup, have – basically nothing cam acres has been you know i gave cam Akers a three in my rating system he's an average back i loved him at florida state but he's and that's being a bit generous right it we haven't seen generous. him be dynamic but he's also not had great lines in front of him i think he is a talented player he was a five-star recruit um but really it was about cooper cup and if cooper cup isn't playing van jefferson goes into that role van jefferson i think is the average talent right he also was a three uh, for me, and then the only other player you really worry about is Tutu Atwell because of his speed. But to me, the defense, what I see is them playing <clears throat> a lot of keep trying to keep the Rams in front of them. You know, they'll lose. The Seahawks could lose if they gave up a couple of big plays, right? We know that. That's that's with any team. Yeah. So if you keep the Rams in front of you, you, I don't believe the Rams have the talent to churn out first down after first down after first down. They just don't, they, they don't have the skill, the skill, uh, position players. And they don't have the line to do it in my opinion. So I would expect to see a lot of cover three, even some two deep safety looks with, um, Julian love more of a, not as physical of a safety as, as Adams is being able to play back a little bit. Um, I would expect to see them just try to keep a play a pretty conservative brand of defensive football to keep the Rams, um, from having any big plays, uh, What is it that you expect to see on defense? You expect any changes from last year schematically? You spoke a little bit about that uh, earlier.
0: Yeah. Well, one thing I actually, I don't want to see that. I'll be honest with you. (laughs) Um, There are times that that works, Mm -hmm. I guess. Not really. Honestly, it tends to backfire on the team more than it tends to help them. The prevent defense always prevents them from winning, in my opinion. Um, That's why it's called prevent, right? it prevents them from winning (laughs) more often times than not but the reason why I'm going to say despite the talent disparity that the Rams have and the Seahawks have that would just make Sean McFay's day if they play defense like that it really would it would just make his day because yeah Mm -hmm. they don't have the talent but Stafford's fine checking it down Mm -hmm. Stafford I mean he's still a good quarterback Mm -hmm. So he'd be fine taking, taking whatever you give him and he would just continue to do that. And that's literally how they will be able to sustain the drives. So Mm -hmm. they don't, don't don't take that approach. No, they do need to be aggressive, put some pressure on that line. Because that will tear it apart. Like if you give, if if you're going to be conservative, it's going to give, it's going to be to the O-line's advantage, right? right? They're just going to try to quick game it, get the ball out quick. Right. But if you're trying to apply some pressure, they're not able to, you know, make any sort of deep plays, if such as they get behind, they're going to need to make some deep plays. If you're not getting any pressure, trying to be aggressive, if you're not playing man coverage. And they've gotten the personnel to to be better at man. Like the guys they have now mm-hmm. are actually much better in man than zone. And so I assumed, and I have better assumed correctly, that if they're going to change over the personnel to get more man guys, even um Kelly, uh what's his name? The guy they just picked oh, up from Stanford. on Stanford's Yeah, the Kelly. Are you Kelly? Uh huh. Yeah, Uh, even that guy. He's much better in man than he is in zone. That's Mm -hmm. his biggest weakness is zone. And so you're going to get these cornerbacks that that's what they do. You can't just keep playing cover three zone because then it's going to take them out of their element. You're not even playing to the strengths of your team. So
1: don't let, Let me differentiate between. So for me, that's what I expect to see from them. It's just my, I guess maybe that's my own Seahawks history or about ba- or uh, bias that you know it's this we're gonna play, we're gonna keep everything in front of us, right? We're not gonna blitz a ton. We're not necessarily gonna be the biggest pressure team. What I would love to see as a fan is to cut the edge rushers loose, right? Yeah. To not give Draymond Jones any a ton of of uh, run responsibility mm-hmm. and see if he can't get between. Get in those gaps and put pressure yep. on the quarterback. That's what I want to see as a fan. I don't know if that is the current DNA of the coaching staff is to get pressure like that, right? I, I want to see it. I think that's how they become great. I think they become a great team if this defense is dynamic. They become a great team if you say, you know what? Condre Diggs is one of the best deep safeties in the game. might be the best coverage deep safety in the game. Yep. We don't need, need two safeties back there. We're going to yep. blitz. We're going to stop the run. We're going to play man, and we're going to be confident and cocky and and, and a different sort of defense. That's what I would love to see. I just don't know if that's what we do see against a Rams team who isn't, in my opinion, doesn't put up more than 17 points in this game. Yeah,
0: no, they don't. No, they Mm -hmm. don't. So I will say – I follow follow you. Mm -hmm. I'll say this. Last year they changed it up some. Now, maybe not in terms of pressure. They did do a little bit more pressure than, you know, historically – so uh, I'm with you that we may not see the, as many blitzes as I would like, but I do think they changed their cover just because they really only played cover three thirty percent of the time last season. Mm-hmm. And they really did a lot more cover one, cover two. They varied their pat there. They really changed the whole scheme so they could be more varied in their approach. Mm-hmm. I expect them to at least stick to that. You know what I mean? Like you've changed it over. You've actually gotten better personnel to fit your scheme. Why go back to the old scheme that you just you know what I mean like cover
1: three over and over again yeah like why, yeah. why
0: like your personnel you you made moves to change it to this new scheme
1: mm-hmm.
0: continue to build on what you did last year play more cover one play more cover two so now mm-hmm. they do that three deep deep safety stuff that's still going it's gonna drive me crazy I'm gonna I'm gonna have a rant about it <laughs> after the game <laughs> right. everybody's gonna hear me yelling uh, but you're right about the pressure like they probably won't do a ton of blitzes it it make my day but mm-hmm. it'd be smart but they you're right. They probably won't do that.
1: Right. The one, the one thing that makes me nervous is we've seen both Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay be able to out scheme yes. the Seattle defense historically. Yes. And to me, that's the, that is the only way the Seahawks lose this game is if he can scheme a couple of touchdowns. So one of the things I want to see from this Seahawks team in this game one against the Rams is no, what I have in my notes is no McVay scheme touchdowns, no touchdowns that you can point to and say he just outsmarted yep. the, the Seahawks coaching staff. And that's right. why this, scored. not because, you know, Tutu Atwell is good. They got, they scored that touchdown because Sean McVay was smarter. I That's one thing I do not want to see. Um I can tell you, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say t-
0: to your point, I, I think one of my biggest and you know, most underrated storylines that nobody's really talking about, but needs to be, in my mind, it makes or breaks the game. Mm-hmm. Jordan Brooks being back. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like it against the Rams because Jordan Brooks' biggest issue is coverage. And the guy just came off eight months of having an ACL tour torn, and you're gonna tell me he got better in coverage. Like, if I'm Sean McFay, I'm mm-hmm. going at Jordan Brooks every play of every like every down. That's exactly what I'm doing. Right. And it would probably work no matter who the talent is, unless the Seahawks go man, because Jordan Brooks is better in man covers than he is in zone coverage. Mm -hmm. It would just, that would be how they lose. To your point, it it wouldn't just have to be a schemed touchdown. It would just be attacking their biggest weakness, which is Jordan Brooks or Bobby. Either way, you're
1: you're not looking great there. Right. Do you, I expect to see the Seahawks predominantly in nickel. I don't. I couldn't. I can't see them coming out in a in a base three four against this team where Stafford is the guy who's probably who has the potential to beat you, but nobody else does. Why even go base three four at that point? Why have Jordan and Bobby in the game at the same time? You know, to me, it's it's go nickel, keep one of them in the game, maybe have them split time so they're fresh, and and move on. Because I think you're right. Even when Jordan Brooks before the injury. How many times have we seen him get picked apart on crosses? How many times have we seen him not get deep enough in zone? And because he's six feet tall, see, see, you know, the ball go just over his leaping hand and be complete for a first down. Yep. I agree. I think that's the way all those crossing patterns that, that Sean McVay runs. That's the way I would almost consider putting one of the, uh, you know, one of the nickelbacks using Kobe Bryant using uh, Julian Love using my even a Michael Jackson in sort of a, a role next to Bobby Wagner if you expect them to pass um to take away some of those crossing routes but yeah I think that's a great point that him coming back this quickly given the fact that he's a, a subpar uh, pass defender already that is a bit a little bit of a concern for me too
0: he's actually one of the league's worst mm-hmm. statistically He's he's really bad and to be honest, Kobe Bryant wasn't much better. He was like six words in coverage, which is why they which is why he's safety now. Um, because it, it wasn't, it really wasn't the right spot for him. I'm not mad at Kobe. I don't think they ever put him I don't think he should have been a nickel. But anyway, um that's yeah, to me that make or break makes or breaks the game. Do you have a prediction for this game? Score wise, mm-hmm. I did. I came up one one just in case you asked me. Okay. <laughs> so I got 27 17.
1: Okay. You yeah, because
0: I think seventeen points up on that defense. I think they're going to get a couple just because they're going to attack up the linebackers. They're going to mm-hmm. get something just on. They're going to get something on scheme, as mm-hmm. bad as the team is. Mm-hmm. And again, because I do think Stafford is a pretty good quarterback now. How long he stays healthy is a separate question. But mm-hmm. I do think if he's healthy, he's good enough. McFay is good enough for them to get a couple points on the board. Uh, Pete's never shown the ability to really be able to counter McFay. Right. Right. So.
1: I'm going 38-7. 38-7. Oh, wow. Seahawks, I think the Seahawks are better than people think. I think they're more balanced than across the board, talent-wise, than people think. I was looking at the position groups and grading out the position groups, and there wasn't a single position group where the Rams were better than the Seahawks. Not a single one, right? Not on either line, not a linebacker. Not in the secondary, not the skill positions on offense, not a single one. So to me, you've got this rabid crowd in Seattle, right? You got people that have been waiting for Seahawks football. You got the the stadium is going bananas, right? We all want. It's an it's still an intimidating place to play. Yeah, And you've got an inexperienced Rams team who, because they're in you know, cap purgatory, has no talent. When I went through and graded them out, I had one player. That I had as above average and I had two players as a five elite Donald and Cup are elite Tyler Higby they're end. I had as above average mm-hmm. and I didn't have a single player that was higher than average besides those three and Cooper Cup is out I think I think the Rams get locked up I think they can't run the ball I don't know if it's because the Seahawks defense run defense is better or if they just can't run the ball but to me, they're scoring seven points, and that seven points is going to be because of McVay or because of a missed assignment somewhere. But that offense is going to go off. I, think I, you're I don't know. I, again, I, you could probably I ask me. Yeah, you can ask me 17 games, and I'll probably favor the Seahawks and everyone. Not, not at San Francisco, but – that, to me, I see that happening. I want that to happen. This isn't the Mariners cast, right? I don't have to be as objective no, you don't. <laughs> about about the team. I can come on and be a fan now, right? But but there are things about this team and about this matchup that say that the Seahawks could very well dominate. And to I, that's what I see. There's no distractions, right? There's no Russell Wilson storyline about what he's doing off the field. You got boring Geno Smith coming in, you know? <laughs> I think I don't I don't want to come into practice, but I expect him to come in in his you know his uh lighter colored jeans and and you know his little his little shirt that you know just kind of square bear style. And <laughs> and it's just a, a very big difference between him and and Russ. And this team has positive vibes. Pete Carroll looks energized. I think they come out and blow the Rams out in game one.
0: I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm if they manage to get more than 27 points, Mm -hmm. they're going to play prevent defense and it's going to give them a couple extra garbage touchdowns. I'm telling you what's going to happen. Because guess what? It always prevents them (laughs) from winning. Prevent defense prevents you from winning. I love it. I guarantee you that's exactly what's going to (laughs) happen. Pete Carroll's going to go super soft and like, all right, all right, lay off. And there's no way they're getting 30 anything points.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe 30. But
0: yeah, if if it's like that kind of a dominating score... They're just gonna wave the white flag. That's just mm-hmm. kind of what Pete does, I guess. He probably too too big of a softy. I think. Feels you know, bad for the anybody. other team. Yeah, I think. I think, yeah, think he's gonna tell anybody, but I think he's just too big of a softy to like,
1: you know, continue to that's, show no mercy. That's funny. Do you have any other things you're watching for for the game? Not, not particularly. No, like I said, I I'm nervous about McVeigh scheming some stuff up. I think watching. You know, Atwell has the speed to take a bubble screen to the house. Yes. Um, he's starting to started to play a bit better. Um, I think watching him, he's the one weapon that you you're a little bit nervous about. Um, I want to see how they defend screens. You know, I want to make sure that Cam Akers isn't getting out on screens and getting 20 and 30 yards a pop. Yep. Um, I'll keep an eye on Boy because he's been so dominant in the preseason. And I want to see if that's is that a, like you said, is that against? worst competition or is he for real because he has the physicality to be as you said a double digit sack guy Mm -hmm. um and then game plan is there anything different about the Seahawks this year right yep I clearly I think they're going to revert back to being a bit conservative um at least in this game It's not what I want to see it's what but it is what I expect so yeah I again I think it's that Sean McVay factor. You can't can't count him out. The same way the, the Seahawks could go against an 0 and 14 Arizona Cardinals team and still lose because it's the Cardinals, right? Um, so I, I'll be watching Scheme. I'll be watching those particular players. I'm just pumped for Seahawks football. Yeah. I'm just pumped that it's back.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm You're with lady. you. I'm with mm-hmm. you. Okay, I got three players that I think are underrated. Cause people always say, like, the keys to the game, you know, Gino, sure. ASN. Mm-hmm. Boy, yeah, maybe. All right, but I'm going Jaron Reed. Really mm-hmm. want to see how he holds up at the point of attack because Sean McVay mm-hmm. is going to try to do some misdirection, especially in the run game. Can they stay disciplined? Particularly mm-hmm. Jaren Reed. He needs to be able to hold at the point of attack. Um, Trey Brown, I talked about this a little bit earlier, but the ability for it to not just be less avoid reek, we can get our first downs elsewhere is huge for shutting them down. Like if it, if it's going to be anything close to the score you want, Trey Brown's going to have <laughs> to lock somebody down over there. And it's going to be somebody he can lock down. Somebody
1: mm-hmm.
0: probably preseason caliber um, that he played just in terms of talent just a couple weeks ago. But and but that's important for, for him to make sure that it's not just an easy go on the other side. Mm-hmm. And then Phil Haynes. Um, nobody's <laughs> talking about Phil Haynes, but he got to go up against Aaron Donald week one, man. And his ability to – uh, not be a welcome mat.
1: Mm-hmm. Style. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: a, another key under under um another key thing I'm watching for is will the Seahawks finally double team Aaron Donald for whatever reason? We just decide Aaron Donald doesn't need to be double teamed, and I have never understood that logic. It's never made mm-hmm. sense, but it will make even less sense this year because there's literally nobody else. Please double team Aaron Donald. Right. If they can do that, I have no worries. But those are some key things that I think – I'm not going to say can flip the game, but that can make the game much closer than what it needs to be.
1: Sure. Yeah, if yeah, if Aaron Donald is getting in the backfield constantly, the passing game obviously is going to struggle. The running game struggles. It's You made me think of something, though, too. So, new center, right? Yeah. New center from Detroit. Yep. You have my boy, uh, Watimi potentially getting some time. I, I think eventually he does become the center. I like him. I know. I like him. But I got to rep him. I
0: like him. Oh, yeah, Michigan. Okay, I get the, it. The
1: communication from center to the rest of the line, you got a new center, right? And I wonder, too, that might be something else that I look for is, are there any sort, do they miss blitzes at times, right? If I'm, If I'm the Rams coordinator, I'm going to send a bunch of people up the middle yeah. Knowing that it's A, it's the weaker part of the line, and B, mm-hmm. you got a new center who might not be able to communicate, right? Yep. So those those uh double A blitzes up the middle, right? With the two with the linebackers, that sort of thing. I think we would see some of that potentially. Yep. But yeah, I don't know. The the Phil Haynes, man, he's I feel like they're always trying to either shoehorn him in or find someone better. Like it's never been we're invested in him. He's gonna be our guy. Let's go until this year. Yeah. But Eddie, the I agree. The it, it, makes is me,
0: it makes me nervous, for sure, Um, because he played pretty poorly last year. Mm-hmm. And so if he plays anything, I mean, he's going to to play a lot better. Now, he played better up to that point, so I don't know if it was just him rotating with Gabe Jackson. It's possible that just right. the inconsistency of him not having a real feel for the game prevented him from being able to do well. Possible. Right. I hope that's it, because be honest, he's the weakest link on the team, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: um, so that's why I think if he can hold up, then everything else falls into place.
1: Right. They're gonna need to give him help though. I agree. Yeah,
0: yeah. I can't agree. can't take on AD. I mean, that's a big ask. Because yeah. I mean, he'll probably switch sides, beyond on Damien's side some too, but like either way, you need to do mm-hmm. double teams wherever mm-hmm. he is. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, man, I'm super excited to actually be able to talk about a game. Sunday can't come fast enough for me. <laughs> uh hopefully you enjoy. You got everybody coming. I think it's gonna be a, a great it's gonna be a great game to watch, great opener. Um, this is one of the better or more exciting openers, I think. Well, I mean, it's always exciting, but like I guess the Broncos, it's hard to it's hard to
1: but you've got it's division it's division rival. It's a game you expect to win. Yeah, you know, it's a team that, that can make a deep playoff run. I think there's all the ingredients are there for it to be a blast. And and as I said before, Sundays are a celebration, you know. For me, Saturdays too with Michigan football, but it's a celebration. It's an opportunity to get people together. It's an opportunity to get to know new people, right? If if they win, you go out and you have yourself a beer and there's other fans around. And it's just, I don't know. I football is, I know I do the, the baseball thing, and that's my first love, but but man, football is is right there. It's right there. It's gonna be a blast. Awesome. It's gonna be a blast.
0: Well, I appreciate you joining me on, Tino. It was great talking with you. Really enjoyed. Gotta have you on another time. Do you want to tell the people where they can find you and your work?
1: For sure. So you can find me on Twitter at Tino Jr. Twenty. It's T I N O J R two zero. I am the host of the uh, Ethos Mariners podcast. That's at E T H O S M A R I N E R S. We do so I do that Monday through Friday, about a half hour each day. We recap games, talk minor leagues. I'll probably be doing it at least a couple times a week over the off season. Started having some guests on, which has been a lot of fun. But um, you can find me there. Uh, And you can find me, watch the Seahawks game, celebrating. It's going to (laughs) be a lot of fun.
0: Awesome. I I
1: really appreciate it. This has been a blast for me too. Um, It's been, I enjoy the podcast. I enjoy listening to you. Uh, We should be rooting together. It's going to be a good time.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, be sure to follow the show at Ethos Seahawks um, for all your latest coverage, news, and updates. Um, Be sure to follow Tino if you haven't already. Make sure you give him a shout out. We appreciate the crossover. It's always fun to do a sports ethos crossover when we can. Mm -hmm. Um, In the meantime, that's all the time we have for today. That's it. I'm out. And as always, go Hawks.